This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back. We got a huge hour ahead. Uh, we've got a guy on from uh, Pittsburgh, Al, yeah. who is extremely unhappy. He went nuts on a podcast. He even <laughs> swore uh-huh. because he didn't like Sirianni mugging on the sideline. We're going to get his <laughs> Pittsburgh perspective just in the next segment. And uh, coming up not long, I'm going to read for you the Brock Purdy scouting report out of the Combine right. last year. Because this is not a guy who should be 7 and up. And and he will soon be seven and one. I would like to believe. And then, of course, at eight o'clock, we get the great Jason Kelsey coming mm-hmm. up. But on the line right now, coming off uh, in a array of great columns that he does, one of his best, the great Mike Sealski of Inquirer dot com, also heard here Saturdays at ten a.m. <laughs> with Mister Glenn Mack. Now, hi, Mike. Morning, Angelo. Mike, I love that Lane Johnson thing. Just before we get to that, you're a columnist, a sports columnist in this town. Could you describe what it's like this time of the year before a huge game? Oh gosh, it's a it's a mixture of ecstasy and agita. Yep. I mean, it's this it's this combination of people hoping and praying and expecting joy that the Eagles will win and go to the Super Bowl and total nervousness and teetering on the edge of emotional breakdown if they don't win. Why are we so emotional about this stuff, Mike? That's a great question, Angelo. Uh, I think you could write like a a dissertation (laughs) trying to answer that question. Um, I think, look, I think Ray Dittinger and I have talked about this, that there's a theory that because Philadelphia is trapped between New York, which is the financial and cultural capital of the world, and Washington, D.C., which is the political capital of the world, that We've got this chip on our shoulder, this kind of inferiority complex, and because we're so parochial, everybody who grows up in Philly tends to stay in Philly and loves Philly, and sports is the thing that unites us all. And so when you get a moment like this where one of our teams is on the edge of greatness, uh, everybody gets wrapped up in it. It's a beautiful answer, perfect answer. Mike, this Lane Johnson column that you did, this goes under the surface. We don't see under the surface as often. Uh, you try to do it a lot. I know you do. Mike, do you get a different reaction when you're writing about a, a, a player, a star in the town, and you're talking about the long-term toll for what he's doing, that kind of thing? Do you get more of a reaction, less of a reaction? Is it different than the norm? It's different from the norm in that, I'll be honest, Angelo, I get some bitterness from people. Um, when I write 
about the topic of football and the long-term damage that it does to the people who play it. I think they resent having it brought up because they love the sport so much and they don't want to think about what life for a guy like Lane Johnson might be like 10 years after he retires, 15 years after he retires, 20 years after he retires. And look, I love the sport too. And it's played by grown men who are making their own choices about whether they want to play it or not. But you can't deny what they are putting their bodies and their minds through. And I think on the one hand, I get a number of emailers and social media people who say, this is, this is great. Thanks. Thank you, Lane. We admire Lane so much for what he's willing to do to try to help the team and help the Eagles. But you do get a lot of people who say, I don't want to hear this, or he makes enough money. Uh, he should just shut up and play and deal with it. Wow. Because, uh, Mike, to me, it adds to the drama of what we're watching. We're watching a guy who's playing with a significant injury, who has already endured three concussions, left this team for three weeks last year with depression, going out there and fighting the best pass rusher in football. I would think that makes it more dramatic and more interesting, but it's too close to reality, right? That's what you're saying. Basically, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I I agree with you, Angelo, completely. Um, I'll have my my eyes on Lane all day against Nick Bosa on Sunday. I think it's an incredibly dramatic subplot. But I think most people just don't want to think about that. I think they just want Lane Johnson to not give up a sack and the Eagles to win. And they don't want to have to think about all the other stuff that is connected to football. Mike, when you went in to interview him on this story, did you have any idea it would go in the direction of the extra scrutiny and pressure put on players because of social media? Not at the time, no. I did this in October with one other writer, uh, Tim McManus from ESPN, and it was, it was the first day that Lane talked after he had come back from missing a few games with his latest concussion. And the crowd around him had kind of dispersed, and it was just kind of me and Tim listening to him and he just kept talking and talking about this. And um, I had asked him, he had been talking about concussions and uh, what he's seen from former players. And I asked him about the connection, if he felt there was a connection between the concussions he had s- sustained and his mental health issues. And he gave this really insightful answer about social media and the pressures that athletes feel and in today's day and age where you know player, people can just weigh in and rip them on Twitter and Facebook and all kinds of places instagram so i wasn't expecting that no i uh, if he uh one of the things he establishes is he understands that there will be a price to pay down the road probably because he is enduring so much now why does he do it i think he loves the sport i think uh it's the thing that he does best in his life um i think it's a calculation that a lot of these guys make i'm sure jason kelsey can address this uh, when he comes on with you later, uh, if you guys want to ask him about it. Uh, it's something that's reality for these guys every day. And uh, like I said, they're adults. They're making these choices. Uh, and, and to be honest, Angel, it's a topic I, I kind of like discussing with them. I talked with Hassan Reddick about this earlier this season. After all the controversy about all the, um, the, the hits against quarterbacks and how uh, the, the NFL was calling kind of these ticky-tack uh, late hits on quarterbacks, and Tom Brady's getting sacked, but the, the guy who sacks him is being penalized. And Reddick said, look, we know what we're in for here. This is football. It's played a certain way. You have to be prepared to play it that way, and you have to deal with 
the consequences, and it's just the choice that these guys make. I, I advised earlier in this show, Mike, that if I was an athlete, I would not, probably wouldn't go on Twitter, but I definitely wouldn't read the comments on Twitter. You are on tr- Twitter. Do you read the comments, and how do they affect you? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'll be very honest. I wouldn't be on Twitter if I didn't have to be for my job. Ah. Um, but, but I do spend uh, probably too much time there. And I will, I will be very honest, Angelo. It does seep into my thinking about how I write about certain topics. Uh, yeah. It just does. And I wish it didn't. I wish I could turn it off in a way that would just allow me to write whatever I thought and however I felt and not give a damn. Uh, about the pushback that I would get on social media, wow. but it, it, I, I can't say that it doesn't. And it, 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 it does factor into my thinking when I go into approaching certain topics in certain ways. So what you're telling me is you could even do better columns if you didn't read this crap. <laughs> that's probably true. That's, a, stuff... that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a good way. To, I, I, I'll say this, Angel. I do find myself, you know, that, a few years ago, there, there were certain topics that I wouldn't hesitate about addressing and trying to be as thoughtful but as strong in my opinion as I could. Now, sometimes I say to myself, you know what? It's just not worth the trouble for the wow. blowback that I'm going to get on social media. And, and not even necessarily uh, people pointing out that, you know, I've made a mistake or not thought about things fully. It's just you're a bad person for thinking that way. It's, it's, gone, it's gone beyond... I disagree with you. It is, you are a terrible human being for thinking the way that you think. And to me, often, it's just not worth it to deal with that. Mike, all I want to say is, A, I know you're not a terrible person, and B, you should submit that column for awards and stuff because it's great. It really gives you an insight into what's going on behind the scenes on the field. Mike, thank you. Great job. Thanks, Angelo. Appreciate that.